0: Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So can we stand to our feet and welcome Gary. Morgan. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Come on, let's give it up to Jesus this morning. Thank you, Father. Lord, we welcome you in this place. Father, we thank you for your presence. Father, we thank you, God, that your plans and your purposes are way beyond ours. And Lord, the way you schedule, the way you do life, Father, we want to be in that moment, Kairos moment, not the Kronos moments, in Jesus' name. Amen? amen? Amen. Wow, well, it is so good to be with you guys this morning. And, you know, it really is a delight. I love this house. And I really love the, what God is doing. And um, it's amazing to see some really beautiful, familiar faces. And not so familiar faces, but I want to encourage you that god is doing something amen Amen. that he is doing something that it's not just we're waiting you see the bible says that those that wait on the lord not for the lord will renew their strength and we have to realize we're not waiting for god we're waiting on god that means we're not waiting for the someone or the something but it's in the waiting that things happen and, and I think in, in this season, we can be so sidelined sometimes that it's, it's about activity. We have to do something. We have to, we have to be busy. We have to be active. We have to be... No, everything comes out of that place of I know who I am. I know who He is. And guess what? Them two together is actually the majority of what He wants to do through our lives. And it's just incredible <laughs> And so I'm excited because one of the things I want to encourage us with this morning, that I love power gifts. I love seeing God do amazing things. And I love it when He does it in the room, but I love it more when He does it in our lives. I love it that when we are able to be a people who are empowered and discipled to see miracles on a Monday. Amen? When we're able to see God do spheres, and influence to everything that we are partnering with, whether it's being a mother, whether it's being a business owner, whether it's dropping the kids off. I tell you, it, it's time that God gets active in our active way. Amen? Yeah. Ladies? Yeah. It's time to get God's get. I tell you, I drop my kids off on a, on a Monday, Tuesday, way. I, I see a lot of active way. I see a lot of inactive wear as well, but there's a lot of active wear. And I'm thinking, God, it's time to get active. Amen? And I see all this active wear, but there's a lot of inactivity going on in in seeing the power of God being displayed in our everyday life. And this is the beautiful thing. I love what Justin said. You know, the rest of God is not about activity, but it's His activity in our lives. God is active in our lives, 24-7. That no matter what is happening or where we are, God is active. He is the, you know, when you read, you know, different things that you you wash with, what is the active ingredient? What's going to remove the stain? What's going to cause something to be activated? What is the active ingredient? And friends, I want to encourage you, you are the active ingredient in this world. You have been put in this world to activate something that is not of this world. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter where we are or what we're doing, our words activate things. Our presence activates things. You see, the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. You don't need Siri when you got the Holy Spirit. You don't need Alexa when you got the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so many of us are like, I tell you this, sometimes I'm like, hey Alexa, turn on the lights. And I want to say, Jesus, turn on the light." Hey Jesus, i got to watch because this thing will start activated. It's like a demon on your, on, your, uh, on your wrist. The amount of times I've been in situations where she's like, I don't understand that. No, neither do I love. Just shut up. And so I want to encourage us this morning. And I want to bring something, I tell you, I came here with a word, and oh, during worship it's like God goes, no, 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 this is it. And, and I really felt like even what Lee brought at the beginning, this is a season of the open door. The message I had for you this morning was the three doors of revelation. But Lee had already landed that this morning. And so we could see that as confirmation, and I could bore you for the next, you know, whatever many minutes talking about the three doors of revelation. Maybe we can do that another time. But I had a conviction during worship that God wants to activate us this morning. That God wants to activate us in the spheres of where we're at with simple truth that brings profound results. Let me say that again. God wants to give us simple truth that brings profound results. Because a lot of times we're looking for profound truth. But yet, we don't find, we just find simple results. God wants us to have simple truth that brings profound results. Amen? Because I want to tell you, there's something that Paul said to the Corinthian church. He said, guys, I fear like Eve was deceived in the garden. So your minds, I think it's 1 Corinthians 11, have been corrupted or have been robbed from the simplicity that's in Christ. There's a simplicity. And I think we just make it so complicated And we label it profound. (laughs) God doesn't want complicated. He just wants simple. He just wants simple. And it's the simple, I tell you, that literally reaches. And this is one of the things I want to release over you guys today is, is don't make it complicated. Don't allow complication to come in, but allow simplicity to thrive, to realize one plus one equals purple. I've just lost everyone. I asked God one day, God, give me the equation. You know, I want to be an Einstein God. What's like E equals MC squared? Give me the equation of the the kingdom. And he said, Gary, one plus one equals purple. And I'm like, what? How can one plus one equals purple? Because the kingdom isn't to be worked out, it's to be walked out. And the moment that you try to work out something, you forgot to walk it out. Because you're stuck here instead of being released here. Am I speaking to somebody? And so it's amazing in the body of Christ right now that God is, is drawing us into a place of wanting to be activated and be active in the things of God wherever we are. We just can't be a people who come together on a Sunday and go, hey, this is great, and then go out and just live the same. God is calling us to be the active ingredient. He's calling us to be a people. No matter where we are, we know that our words are powerful. We know that our presence is doing something. And we know that God is on the move. And so with that truth, with that simplicity of truth, friends, we are going to find profound results. But it all comes down to us and our belief. You see, we can speak all day. We can sing all day. But we have to own it. We have to be a people that come into a place of going, I know he's good. But the crap just hit the fan. But I know he's good. I just got another speeding ticket. But I know he's good. Gary, you're not. But I know he's good. I just got that diagnosis. But I know he's good. And we're not defined by the activity of this world. But we're defined by the activities of heaven. And what marks us. And so if you've got your Bibles, let's make this meeting legal today. And turn with me to Luke 8. There's something profound, which we all know the story. Jairus' daughter, the Jewish ruler, his daughter has died. And he's on his way. Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house, but he gets interjected. And we all know the story. And this is incredible. What I love about Luke 8 is there's so many parallels, so many connect the dots, so many wordle moments, amen? How many people do wordle? God, I'm going to try and guess what you're going to do. And then all of a sudden we get the end and you never got it anyway. You know, never try and wordle God. Amen. I know what you're doing, God. No. I know what you're doing, God. No. I know what you're doing, God. No. I suck at wordle. Even try to do it prophetically. It just doesn't work. And all of a sudden, he's on his way to Jairus' house. Now, how old is Jairus' daughter? I want to teach you some Bible this morning. Amen. Jairus' daughter was 12 years of age. She's sick. And all of a sudden, the people come to Jesus and say, please come to Jairus' house. His 12-year-old daughter is sick. And the Bible tells us while Jesus is on his way, well, instead of me telling you, why don't we read it? Amen? Here we go. Luke 8. Shababa. All of a sudden... Verse 40, I'm in the Passion Translation. How many people love the Passion Translation? I don't like the impassionate translation, amen? Or the nearly inspired version. When Jesus returned to Galilee, the crowds were overjoyed, for they had been waiting for Him to arrive. Just then, a man named Jarius, the leader of the local Jewish congregation, fell before Jesus' feet. He desperately begged Him to come and heal his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, because he was at, she was at the point of death. As Jesus started to go with him to his home to see her, a large crowd surrounded him. In the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered greatly for how long? 12 years. From slow bleeding or in hemorrhaging. Even though she had spent all that she had on healers, she was still suffering. Pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his garment. Instantly, her bleeding stopped, and she was healed. Jesus suddenly stopped and said to his disciples, Someone touched me. Someone touched me. Who was it? While they all denied it, Peter pointed out the obvious. Master, come on, dude. Master, everyone is touching you. Who touched me? You're in the massive crowd. Who touched me? Probably not the answer. I'll take in a crowd for 200. Amen? Master, everyone is touching you, trying to get close to you. The crowds are so thick. Why? We can't talk through or walk through all these people without being jostled or touched. And Jesus replied, yes, but I felt power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed, and they received their healing. When the woman realized she could no longer hide, she came and fell trembling at Jesus' feet before the entire crowd. She declared, I was desperate to touch you, Jesus, for I knew if I would, could just touch even the hem or the fringe of your garment, I would be healed. And Jesus responded, beloved daughter, your faith has released your healing. You may go in peace. Use our anchor verse today, verse 49. While Jesus was still speaking to the woman, someone came from Jairus' house and told him, there's no need to bother the master any further. Your daughter has passed away. She's dead. And when Jesus heard this, he turned to Jairus and said, Don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me, and she will live again. Friends, I fear there's people here today that you've made the choice not to bother the master anymore because you think your vision's dead. There's people in this room today that you've said to yourself, I'm not going to pray about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not even going to even bring it up anymore because it's dead. I want to tell you right now, it's time we start petitioning the master again because he's on the way to our house. Amen? You see, our plans and our purposes are not God's. And what you thought was dead was only sleeping. What you thought had moved away, I tell you, God is moving closer. And there's so many times that we choose to make this decision that, God, it's dead. I'm not going to even talk about it anymore. I want to tell you, I've come here with a word today. It's time we start petitioning the master again. Because his plans are not our plans. His purpose is not our purpose. And we've been in a season, and I think COVID has been... Like this one who has just gone, hey, don't worry about it, it's dead. It's dead. Don't bother the master any longer. But I love Jesus' response. What did Jesus say? Don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me and she will live again. I feel this morning God's going to deal with fear in this place. God's going to deal with fear. Don't yield to your fear anymore. Don't yield to your fear anymore. Have faith in me and she will live. And so we've got to move from the fear of what we've lost to the faith of what we've got. Let me say it a better way. We've got to move from the fear of what we've lost to the faith of who we've got. Because who we've got is greater. I tell you, there is no pandemic. There is no illness. There is nothing that will separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And we might have sat for the last two and a half years with this this saying, it's dead, I can't speak about it. It's gone, I can't bother God about it anymore. But I've come here today to declare to you, it's time we start petitioning God for the call that's on our life, for the promises that are on our life, because it ain't dead, it's sleeping. And if we don't yield to fear, but we have put our faith in Him, guess what, it will live. It will live. It will live. But it's amazing that we have this parallel thing going on of a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years and a 12-year-old daughter. You see, God doesn't do things by accident. And what it shows me is you have a rich ruler, a guy who's leading the synagogue congregation who ain't short of a penny. And you have a woman who has spent everything on trying to get healing. But guess what? They both had access to Jesus. They both had access to Jesus. It wasn't dependent on status. It wasn't dependent on what they had or didn't have. It wasn't dependent on whether they could get to him or not get to him. You see, one came by invitation. The other came through desperation. One came through invitation. Come to my house. The other came through desperation. i got to get a hold of that garment. Because if I get a hold of that garment, something's going to happen. And my friends, I want to encourage you this morning, whether it's by invitation or desperation, God's going to show up. God's going to show up. Because it's got nothing to do with status. It's got nothing to do, have I prayed enough? It's got everything to do with our belief. Have we given up our petition to God? Have we seen God work for everyone else? Or maybe He stopped along the way, and it isn't in our time. Well, God, it's been two years. It's dead. I'm not going to bother you anymore. Friends, don't yield to your fear. Put your faith in Him and it will live. Am I speaking to somebody? Because God is bringing us, and I feel this for this church, friends. I want to encourage you. No matter what the last two years has been, don't yield to fear. Put your faith in Him and it will live. Don't give in to to the the naysayers. Don't give in to to what this is saying. But yield to what your heart has said. That he who has began a good work is faithful to complete it even to the end. Because the moment we give in to fear, friends, we've given up faith. Am I speaking to somebody? And so I want to encourage you right now in this house, that there's many in this room, You're two kinds of people. One, you're like Jairus' daughter. All of a sudden, it's like, boom. I don't know what happened. But I need Jesus to show up. Or you're like the woman with the issue of blood. I'm desperate. I've been to everything and everyone. I just got to lay a hold of him. Whether it's by invitation or desperation. Friends, we need God to show up, Amen. We need God to show up. And it isn't just showing up for today. It isn't just showing up for our problem. Friends, God wants to show up for your purpose. God wants to show up for your purpose. Because it's got nothing to do. You see, the woman was healed. But it didn't stop there. Can anyone tell me in this room who this woman was? Does anyone know her name? Scripture doesn't tell us. But if you go to Matthew 14, you see in Matthew 9, it's recorded this woman with the issue of blood. But if you go to Matthew 14, I want to show you something. This is five chapters later from Matthew 9. Matthew 14, and go right down. I'm going to be in the New King James here. Down to verse 34. Let me set the scene. All of a sudden, the woman is pressed through, grabbed hold of the garment. Jesus heals, she gets healed, and she goes on her way. No one, don't even know her name. Can anyone tell me where saw him? No, we can't. But something about what happened that day spread. And this is the power of testimony. And this is the power of what God wants to do through you and what God wants to do to you isn't just going to stop with you. And this is how the Lord begins to cause multiplication and a mandate to come upon a house. Because if he can do it with one, he can do it with all. And this is what it says in Matthew 14, 34. When they, being Jesus and his disciples, had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him being Jesus, they sent out into all the surrounding region and brought to him all who were sick. And they begged him that they may only what touch the hem of his garment, for as many as touched it were healed. Wow. Friends, we're not talking about formula here, we're talking about faith. Why? Because they heard about a woman who was desperate. They heard about a woman who was willing to push through. They were willing to hear about a woman who was willing to go against every cultural uh, indiscretion, uh, go against every shame. She faced shame in the face and said, I don't care about shame, I'm pushing through. And this woman's testimony spread to the point that the men of Gesennarat saw him and said, hey, that's the guy with the hem. That's the guy with the hem. Because we heard of a woman who was willing to push through, not because of invitation, because of desperation. Not because of invitation, but because of desperation. And they heard the testimony. And when they heard the testimony, they knew that this wasn't formula, this was faith. And I want to encourage you here this morning in this house, I love that this is called Echo Church. Friends, I love that name. But what if it was called the place of His Hem? Echo Church, the place of His Hem. The place that people get to find a touch point for God. You see, we're talking about heaven touching earth. You see, His garment was heaven touching earth. It was a touch point. It was a touch point for healing. It was a touch point for transformation. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're the hem of God. You are the hem of God. Because you are the touch point of heaven. You are the touch point of heaven. Friends, I want us to go beyond now. Jesus, do it for me. I want us to move to Jesus, do it for me and do it through me. Because that's what happened to this woman. Jesus didn't just do it to her. He now did it through her. Because that word shed and spread. And all of a sudden, the sick of Gesennarat got healed because one woman decided to push through. What does it look like for one church to push through? And the city of Melbourne gets a move of God. What does it look like for one church to push through against shame? against every cultural insignificance, against every every cultural indiscretion, against everything that's trying to stop you, every person that's trying to jostle you and say, hey, we're going to push through. Because we're going to be that person. Because there's a city that needs to get healed. I have a conviction in my heart that God is looking for a landing place. God is looking for a landing. I have a conviction in my heart. Friends, I love the church I'm at. If I lived closer, I'd come to this church. I'll be honest with you. Because I know God is doing something here. I know God is doing something here. You see it in in revival history. God takes a place. That seems to be in the most insignificant. Friend, I, took, I tell you, I took a detour today by accident. I had to literally go around the boundary. And I came back in. And at the end of this road, do you know what at the end of this road is? There's a church that in 1994, God fell on. Dingley Anglican. God moved in that church. In 94, 95, there was a dear woman called Pat Shepherd who prayed. Do it again, God. Do it again. Do it again, God. Do it again. He's looking for one place. He's looking for one people. He's looking for a people who are just willing to say, hey, we don't want a church full of people. We want a people full of God. We want a people full of God. Do it again, God. Do it again. Just one person to push through. It's going to take one people to push through and grab his hand. No matter what the stigma is, no matter what the shame is, he's just looking for a person to push through and say, I'm going to lay hold of that garment. Jesus. But friends, you are the hem of God. This place is the hem of God. It's the touch point. It's the touch place. And I know this: you're in this house today that you might have got ailments. You might have got issues. You might have got things that that you are throwing up. Or even the enemy throwing up before you and saying, no, you can't because of this. You can't. I want to tell you right now. Lay hold of him. And let him lay hold of you. God is taking us from a place of just believing for something. To believing for someone to come. And land in this place. See, there's an airfield right here. You're almost at the end of a runway. That sounds familiar to me. At the end of a runway. Little, little little shed at the end of a runway. In 1994, January the 20th. A little shed at the end of a runway. little shopping strip. Holy Spirit came. And the world experienced the Father's love. Not the laughing and the shaking. That was, that was part of it. But the message was the Father's love. What is the message, the mandate, and the mission that's on this house that God wants to do?